2: Welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks podcast. I'm Jim Haney, Executive Director. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Recovery Talks. Uh, Today, I have two really special guests. They are from the Peer Support Specialist uh, Committee, and that committee works on uh, workforce development. Uh, I hate to use the word issues, but topics. Topics and trying to strengthen the workforce of certified behavioral health peer support specialists. So uh, let's have our guests introduce themselves.
0: Hi, my name is Erica Durham. I'm on the peer support specialist committee. I've been on the committee since 2020. I've been a peer support specialist since early 2020 and took this training in 2019. So I've been a peer support Specialist now for th- close to three years. Excellent.
2: Welcome, Erica.
0: Thank
1: you. My name is Zach, Zach Canada. I am the chair of the Peer Support uh, Specialist Committee. And I've been a member of the committee since uh, 2021. And I've been doing peer support for about, about three years. And I'm glad to be able to talk about what we're working on currently to Uh, support the peer support specialist workforce.
2: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, because you guys have a big project. Now, this committee, for listeners who don't know, this committee's done a lot of things in a few short years. Uh, But this is by far the biggest. And let's jump in. So give us a give us a little overview of what what you're proposing, what the changes are.
1: So the uh, the proposal that that we're bringing forth has kind of three three basic objectives. Uh, one is to create a candidacy level license, so it'll have there'll be a two level licenses like there are with other behavioral health professionals. There'll be a candidacy license, and then a full licensure level. Within that that uh, candidacy level, there'll be a a supervised work experience that will. Be uh, have a thousand hours of work experience with specific uh, trainings that will be required during that. And we can kind of talk about that a little bit later. The second, the second goal is to address supervision. Uh, we want to make sure that supervision for our workforce is in statute. And we're looking to have uh, one hour of uh, supervision for every 20 worked during the candidacy. And one hour of supervision for 40 hours works for people who are fully licensed. The third the third objective is is to uh, enact changing our status from certified behavioral health peer support specialists to licensed behavioral health peer support specialists. Nice. So those are those are three key objectives. Nice, nice.
2: So before we get into the details of these, because I definitely want to hear about each one. Why is this, and I'm going to call it a package, this is sort of a package of changes, right? Why is this important? Why do you feel it's important for the uh, currently certified behavioral health peer support specialists?
0: First, it would be to create the stability and the foundation that peer support needs to grow effectively and in a safe manner for peer support specialists themselves, and for public safety.
2: Okay, good reasons. Yeah, Zach, what? What? Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: So, in in create in creating the the candidacy uh, level, this. This puts us more in line with what other behavioral health professionals in the field do as part of their license as far as, as as part of their licensing. Mm-hmm. And so it puts us more on the same on the same field. It mm-hmm. also and gives us credibility as professionals in our in our field. Our our field, our field of practice, we bring, we come from uh lived experience mm-hmm. and then and then also of a field of tra- of training but the main piece that we bring is from our lived ex- our, our lived experience rather than an educational institution mm-hmm. and the value that that brings for for us and our workforce uh, or to the peers that we serve is invaluable and and i think that the push that we see for peer support across the board in all of the different uh in different agencies and uh is is evidence of that mm-hmm. um, we want to see that our workforce is, is prepared and supported in, in things that they experience in the field uh, across the spectrum. So things that peers, whether they're working at an inpatient facility, an outpatient setting, a mental health setting, an addiction center or, uh, or another, uh, an emergency room or a, mm-hmm. or a uh, treatment court, That they are prepared to, with uh, the support that they need in addressing issues that come up across the board with the peers we work with. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. That sounds great. So currently, uh, peer supporters, there's no candidacy, correct? That's correct. So it's either you're certified or you're not certified. Yes. Yeah. So this would create the candidacy. So how long? How long would the candidacy be for? How long? How many hours? Typically, it's by hours, right? Work hours worked.
1: So for for the candidacy period, it would be a thousand hours of supervised work experience, which basically amount amounts to a minimum of seven months or about one year of full time work as a peer support specialist during the candidacy period. Within within that um, for the candidacy period, we there's s- specific minimum requirements that need to be met. So there needs to be a minimum of 200 hours of one-on-one direct individual peer support, and that is verified through the supervisor. There needs to be a minimum of 10 hours of facilitating or co-facilitating a peer-led group. Um, That wouldn't be like a a 12-step program. It would be one of the uh, uh, approved peer peer Mm -hmm. support-led groups. Mm And then we have some ad- additional education competencies that um, were, came. we developed based on feedback from the workforce for what people experience in the field. Mm-hmm. And also based on the, we went to compliance from the, uh, the Board of Behavioral Health and the complaints that have come up uh, since we've been overseen by the board. Mm-hmm. We wanted to directly, address those so that we can protect not only our workforce, but also the public health. And so the, those hours are uh, 12 hours of suicide prevention and uh, intervention education, two hours of opiate overdose prevention intervention education, 10 hours of professional boundaries and ethical responsibility education, six hours of self-care and wellness education uh, four hours of de-escalation education, and then six hours of professional development. And okay. so that that what this does is it essentially doubles the amount of content of education that a a uh, peer support specialist would have going into being licensed. Mm-hmm.
2: And they they would do all of this during the candidacy period.
1: Yes. So and they would if do they, that during that, first, during that first year while they are working in the field.
2: And and what happens if they don't finish that? What happens if they do the 200 hours, but they don't complete all of the education requirements? Is there a time limit on it?
1: So then you would just, just as someone who is doing like their, their ACLC or their LAC candidacy, they would renew their renew their candidacy license and and then once those hours had been completed then they could apply for full licensure.
2: But there's no is there a time limit can you sit in candidacy for five years or two years or is there a limit to that piece?
1: So each time you each time you re- renew to the board the board here. does have the, op- the opportunity to review it and if someone had sat in candidacy for uh, multiple years, then the board may ask that person to come come to uh, the board and present why, why is it, what's why, going yeah. on that they're taking yeah. so much time.
2: Because you could, the reason I'm asking that is because you could be working, you would be working, you would be working, not could be, you would be working during the candidacy period. The hope is the person does the hours and the education within the one year. Gets it accomplished and then becomes fully licensed, right?
1: That would be the that would be the idea.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I could see some people won't do that. They won't do all the education, and then it would carry over to the next year. Your hours come with you, but you have to complete all the education requirements. If I'm that's, understanding that,
1: yeah, that's correct. But the difference between what you're doing, what your uh, supervision requirement for the candidacy versus being fully licensed would, would look a little different. Two character. hours
2: two hours of during the candidacy yeah. and one hour once you're licensed.
1: That's, that's correct.
2: So that's a little motivation, right, Erica? That's a little motivation for the candidate and the employer <laughs> to get through that process because currently peer supporters are doing two hours and we know that's a lot. Yes,
0: that's definitely a motivating factor, but also looking at coming into the workforce in 2020, very, I got my license January 13th, 2020, um, you know, looking at the things that could have benefited me as a new peer support specialist in the workforce, was having that continuing engagement with other peer supports, where I was I wasn't left alone to feel so alone um, in the process, and continue that m- mentoring relationship and to build those skills. That just after having you know PS one hundred and one alone, I didn't feel. In my experience, I was prepared and, you know, I took a new path and I trudged a road that had not been sought in the state of Montana. And had I not reached out for my own personal engagement and support from Montana's peer network, different peer supports in the workforce that were out there, I I don't know if I could have made it this long. And to learn and grow through the changes and the boundaries and the mistakes and you know mm-hmm. i've progress not perfection that's what my recovery teaches me mm-hmm. and so to be able to effectively support others i have to support myself mm-hmm. and not everyone's going to seek that support and organizations also need to be held accountable to their peer supports as well And continuing that engagement so it's a dual it's a it's a relationship that goes both ways with that mutuality and respect Mm -hmm. and having that candidacy license will only help grow with all that continuing education keep minds fresh and on top of what's happening out there. But it just keeps us surrounded by like minded individuals who understand and know our scope of practice which is different in how we can effectively advocate for ourselves.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: In public sure. safety.
2: Sure, sure. And so you've taken there's there's three there's really the three components to it and then also which is sort of the overarching one is to move this from certified behavioral health care support specialist to licensed so a change in the C to an L, that's really sort of the capstone for this proposal. These are sort of the details to to the to the L, to the to changing it to licensed instead of certification. Is that right, Zach?
1: Yes. Yes. So and and the the steps of moving from being recognized as as certified to to licensed is is a pathway that we're following from our predecessors from before us and mm-hmm. other behavioral health professionals follow this the same pathway if you mm-hmm. if you look back into the into the 90s in in uh, montana licensed addiction counselors were mm-hmm. certified chemical dependency counselors mm-hmm. and those and in 2001 there was a piece of legislation brought Brought forth, creating an act to change chemical dependent certified chemical dependency counselors to licensed addiction counselors, right. and and in and in follow in following suit and of that pathway that was laid before us, we've been overseen by the board for a, a few years now, and we we have uh, are increasing the education uh, requirements for for our workforce to strengthen and support our workforce. And we are looking to be recognized as licensed professionals in our field. Mm-hmm. And we're not doing, we're, we're really, for our field, we feel like we're, we're treading some new path, but really we're, we're following the footsteps. Mm-hmm. And, and this is going to, I feel like this is going to, or we feel like this is going to put us at as recognized as in our uh, as behavioral professionals, our field. Mm-hmm. And further make it possible for peer supporters to be recognized for the services that are providing for peers across across agency lines.
2: Yeah. That's great. That's great. Okay, so you you've got this proposal. You packaged it up. So what's happening now? What's happening with this proposal? What's where are you at now with
1: that? So as of as of the date of this of this podcast, uh, well. 1216. Our our bill has moved into the step of draft and assembly, which basically means that we are one step away from having been uh having a bill number assigned. Uh, but if someone were would like to take a look at the proposal mm-hmm. and they go to the laws.leg.mt.gov, and our draft bill number is LC12
2: so they could look that up and I'm familiar with that site that site literally has every update and every change for the next five months it's gonna put everything on there right
1: right and you can click on a on the current bill draft text and you can actually read the the bill as it as it's going to move forward and mm-hmm. in all in all the legalese at all
2: yeah. Yeah, and you have a sponsor. Who's your Who's your sponsor of the
1: bill? Who's Who's carrying it? So our sponsor is Representative Mary Cafaro. Okay, and she is she has been a, uh, a staunch supporter of of peer support from yeah our, yep. ver- our very beginnings, and yeah. so we're real we're really glad to have her have her as our sponsor for this bill.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Mary's out of Helena. So LC1244, if you want to look that up. And what if somebody's listening to this podcast, I'm a peer supporter and, you know, I'm out in, you know, Frontier, Montana, and I have questions. How do I get in touch with, with you guys?
1: Oh, if, if you'd like to reach out to me, my uh, you can reach me by email. Uh, my email is ZCANN. ADA at PFCMT.org. Or you can also reach me by phone at 406 203 7937.
2: Okay. And Erica, should people just reach out to Zach or can they reach out to you too?
0: They can reach out to me as well. My phone number, preferably by text so I can see it, is 406 204-9048 or by email Erica E-R-I-C-A, at extradistances.com, and it's spelled E-X-T-R-A-D-I-S-T-A-N-C-E-S.com. And I also want to add that the added benefit of this candidacy license also moves peer support not only in a licensure position, to legitimize our craft and our trade because our experience is so invaluable to be able to support others to find a place of recovery. But it puts us in a documentable thousand hour history to be able to move us in peer support in a, a position one day as a state to be able to build national insurances providing those opportunities come available. So it puts us at a level to be able to have a national peer support license. Mm -hmm. So it moves us closer to having that documentable history to make it easier and a quicker pathway for all peer support specialists to be able to build those services in the future and to help us gain the independence as a profession.
2: Great. Great. Well, you've clearly put a lot of work into this. And I, and I want to say thank you for that, for all the time. And uh, thank you on behalf of all the peer supporters, not only the current ones, uh, but, you know, there's future ones. There might be future ones listening to this podcast who are, they're not peer supporters. They haven't been through training, but maybe they hear it and they think, geez, I'd like to do that. That sounds great. I'd like to be like Erica or I'd like to be like Zach. So thanks for all the hard work you've put in on it. I'm
0: living proof. If I could do it, anyone else can.
2: (laughs) Okay. Any other anything else we need to know about this these this proposal?
1: Uh, I just want to say thank you for uh, having us on. Let's talk a little bit about what's what's happening moving forward on a state level for peer support. And uh, if anyone is interested is listening to this is interested in in getting involved or wants some more information, please reach out to either Erica or myself and uh, we'll let you know how you can get involved in supporting peer support across the state of Montana. Okay.
2: Great. Thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in once again to Recovery Talks podcast from Montana's Peer Network. Take care and happy holidays.
0: Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye -bye. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible.
0: Recovery works. Recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.
2: (laughs) Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible.
0: Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is
2: possible.